Hello, Coach Me expert members, and welcome to this month's interview. I'm Dori Sukup, and with me today is Anita Lampkin, who is the Director of Education for Universal Companies. Today is super special because we are going to discuss a topic that is very, very important to the success of every business, and that topic is training. So I invited a friend and a colleague who is passionate about training as much as I am. And she is here today to discuss all the different aspects of training, how to do it. Uh, between the two of us, you're going to gain so much insight and strategies on how to train your team so you can have that dream team that everybody dreams of. So I'm super excited about having her today. So I'm going to start by giving you a little intro about Anita, and then we'll go ahead and get into the content. Anita's expertise is in adult education. She specializes in demographics and workforce development. Anita develops advanced training programs for massage, aesthetics, aromatherapy, as well as many professional development courses. She also writes articles for industry publications. She teaches. She also speaks at many events. As a matter of fact, she just came back from the Global Wellness Summit where she was one of the speakers. She is also a wife, a mother of four. She got me beat on that one. <laughs> and is currently working in uh, Long Beach at the Long Beach Unified School District in California to create a Mindful Mornings program for elementary school children. She's uh, based out of Los Angeles now at the Wellness and Beauty Learning Center by Universal Companies. So I'm so excited to have you, Anita. Welcome. Thank you so much, Dory, for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. But you know what? I know you've done tons of educational <laughs> programs and uh, taught at universities, and this little intro, I don't think we dove much into your expertise. So can you tell everybody just a little bit about all the different educational programs that you've actually been involved in? Yeah, absolutely. My first opportunity in teaching was at the community college level, at Southwest Virginia Community College, and it was a pretty large class of blended in age groups, but it was it was on economics, so an interesting uh, change. And shortly after that, you know, as I progressed and picked up more teaching opportunities, I shifted into the sociology realm and I taught several classes for um, a few universities in the area. One was Radford University in Virginia, Appalachian State in North Carolina. And as well as Virginia Highlands Community College. At that community college, they had a higher education program where live streaming distance education was really top of the line. And that allowed me to partner with several universities in our area also. Old Dominion uh, University that's based out of Norfolk, Virginia. Mm -hmm. um, I did several uh, continuing education programs for them as well uh, to deliver a live stream. Wonderful. In our industry, it's just been amazing because um, I've furthered my own education to include the NCEA certification, which I totally believe in. Um, I've attended many, many classes, uh, massage continuing ed programs, and I've, I work with uh, a lot of people to develop their programs to help them just be substantial and really get the most out of it. And most importantly, Dory, I am a graduate of the LEAP program, 
So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. Now tell everybody how you made the leap with to work with universal companies. I'm sure everybody on our um, <laughs> podcast today is familiar with universal companies. They are the leader for all sorts of equipment and products and catalog and online uh, supplies for spas and medi spas and resort spas. So how did you get started with them? I started out in their sales team actually and it, and it became it was really um a passion. I was in massage school at the time and I was always really passionate about what uh, what this industry was all about. With Universal, 100% my decision was based on the culture of the company. I admired the fact that we were, to be quite honest with you, that we were woman-founded, <laughs> woman-owned, and uh, woman CEO, woman senior VP. I mean, just everything pointed to Anita needs to be a part of this organization. And and it's rang true. The culture is very close-knit. It's You always hear that in, in like intro videos and onboarding videos where it's, we're more of a family, but I really feel connected to the people who work there, and I have so much respect for the um, executive team at that company that it's it's just a no-brainer for me, and I wanted to be a part of that, and I grew, um, and I just moved up in the organization to kind of fit where I'm at now, which is my strongest skill set, which is training. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they just opened up, just to give everybody a little update, Universal Companies opened up a training center in California, and um, Anita actually is leading the educational program on the West Coast now for Universal Companies. And one thing I have to say, that Universal Companies have always been gung-ho on education. They really like to fulfill that void, I think, sometimes that people have in the industry. So, yes, sure, they can come to companies like us and things like that, but it's nice that they also provide, you know, some education for people that's, most cases, it's complimentary, or if there is a charge, it's a very minimal charge, right? Yeah, that's correct. Most of our educational offering is really just to give back to the industry. Um, we do have some programs that have a charge, but it's very affordable. Um, we really want to engage everyone from the the owner of a large uh, spa to the individual practitioner that rents a space. We want everybody to feel included and everybody to really take it seriously and to be successful. Right. Good. Well, as you see, you guys, we're going to be talking about training, and I definitely invited the right person to explore that topic <laughs> uh, with me. So between the two of us, you're definitely going to gain some, gain some great strategies. So here's what we're going to talk about today. First of all is why should we be training and how important that is. Second, we're going to get into having a training curriculum. I see that as a big, big missing uh, piece of the puzzle within most spas and what type of training that you should offer. Third, we're going to talk about creating your training materials. Should you start from scratch or are there some training tools that are ready for you to go? All you have to do is follow the recipe. Number four, how to conduct effective training. Number five is how to get the buy-in from the team to want to come and attend the training because sometimes that's a challenge for some people, so we'll explore that. Number six, we're going to talk about how important it is to set goals and have a measurement system in place so you can definitely improve performance. And then we're going to wrap up by how important it is to have a budget for training 
and how you as a leader for your organization, how you can be committed to the success of your company through training. And then if you'd like to ask some questions, feel free to email me to dori, D-O-R-I, at inspirationmanagement.com, and we're going to try to leave some time at the end to answer some of your questions. So let's go ahead and start with number one, Anita. Why, in your opinion, I know why, but why, in your opinion, <laughs> is it important to have training? Oh, well, there's you know there's two reasons that come to mind that are should be top priority of any business owner. Number one, training equals productivity. Mm-hmm. If you have a very knowledgeable, well-oiled machine, which is what training generates, you are going to have a successful business financially. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two. Training is an investment in the individual people that work for you. So if you put effort into uh, training them, that translates to them that you care about how developed they are as a professional, and they are more likely to stay within your organization. The less turnover that you have, the better your business is going to be. So those are the top two reasons that that training is important to me. Yeah, that that was very well said. You know, during the Leap Ahead seminar, one we did maybe about a couple years ago, we had a professional NFL player, a retired NFL player, that came and attended. And it was so exciting for me because I always use the analogy of sports, uh, training with sports as training in business. So his name is L.A. Nanny. He actually owns a Medispa in San Diego, him and his fiancée, Aaron. And I was, you know, picking his brain as to what kind of training they go to. These are professional athletes, right? They they should already know what they need to do, correct? Yeah, they take them to boot camp. They train every single day. They watch tapes. I mean, they spend literally hours and hours and hours training, and they're professionals, right? And it's amazing to me that I'm going to discuss a little bit about the challenge that I see, Anita, and maybe you can also share your thoughts of that. What I see most spas doing when they hire someone is they let them spend a couple of days with the person that's leaving so they can pick up all their bad habits. It's true. (laughs) And then they may, if it's a technical training they need, they may call the brand that they use so they can come in and train them on some protocols, and that's like it. So they don't really, like you said, make the investment in training them. And that's why, really, the productivity that you were talking about goes down the tube. So. I want at least for everybody with us today to take away that first you need to commit that, yes, training is very important to do. So can we at least get everybody to say, yes, I know training is very important. But what else do you think? What else should somebody train on to improve what, like as far as the productivity? For me, it's again, it goes back to, you might be good at your job, and this I'm included in this when I'm saying this. Uh, on October 25th, 2016, I have a certain skill set. That skill set is only going to get better if I stay current. So mm-hmm. you're going to be out of date really quick if you stop, you know, if you have a finish line. There is no finish line to the world we live in, and definitely not in this industry. So in this industry, there is always something new. And, it, and the next person that has it is going to be where the customers go. So you have to stay current and up to date. If you're not, you get left behind. Very true. 
So as far as things that I think people should train on is definitely the guest experience, so to make sure that you have good retention and to make sure that the revenue is being maximized with every single guest that comes in. The biggest mistake that I see happening is a lot of people may train on the uh, technical part of the Mm -hmm. actual process, but then they forget to train them on the business part of Mm -hmm. the process itself. And some of these things that I just named, like the guest experience, revenue generation, retention, cross-marketing, or especially with the reception, with guest relations and how important that is, if we don't train those guys on actual business training, then we're just going to be like everybody else. And one of my favorite things is to definitely be different, to differentiate yourself. Yes. So what are some of the training programs, uh, type of training programs that you actually help people implement, Anita? Uh, well, we, we, of course, offer all the technical training with every brand that we carry. But we also do, um, in line with what you just talked about, we do communication skills, which I can just tell you is really needed in this industry. Our customers always come to us, and their number one pain is our therapists don't retail. And the reason they don't retail is they don't know how to talk to mm-hmm. to the guests. Mm-hmm. They they immediately when they hear the word retail they think I'm not a salesperson. Mm-hmm. That's where they revert to. I'm a healer or I'm I'm giving a service. I'm not. Mm-hmm. But they don't they're not trained to realize that they're doing their client a disservice by not communicating to them as an expert. So that is a a big piece that's missing is communication skills. Um, number two, I think. When I say professional skills, I'm talking about organization, time management. The the therapists are not getting that. So, you know, that's why you have situations where they're having a difficult time with room turnover. And that's another thing that we we commonly see. Um, with, With the classes that we offer here, we also do business planning for managers and spa directors. I don't think, I think there's a missing link there because the spa directors don't understand why certain things are required, but when they see it, on paper, and they take a class and they understand, they're like, wow, I get it. We don't train them on proper compensation. Mm-hmm. So we have therapists who have made really, really good money, but they don't even know it because they don't manage it. They think they're slaving, <laughs> so they go unhappy. And uh, so there's all kinds of components to this, but we do not, we do not as an industry train enough on uh, professional development. Mm-hmm. You're so absolutely right. Again, it's a lot of it is focused on um, the skills that they mm-hmm. need to do the treatment, but the professional development, or I like to also call it the business aspect, business training mm-hmm. aspects of your professional development is definitely missing. And there's really no structure, and that's really what I want to be able to provide people, some structure that they can take away as far as training is concerned. So when somebody gets hired, they really should put them through some sort of an orientation. Like you, you know, mm-hmm. you were in the corporate America too, Anita, mm-hmm. before you even got into education. And there's no, you don't go get a corporate job without getting into an orientation, without getting into at least a couple of weeks of training of whatever position right. that you have, without being tested. I mean, I'm, I'm amazed how many people don't test their talent before they actually cut them loose. They just, okay, here you go, you know, go on. Um, So I believe in having an orientation. 
having a curriculum to train them on technical and then you train them on business and then you test them. And when you accomplish that, now you're setting yourself up for success, which is exactly. I think definitely I think too, Dory, to add to that, I think that orientation period and and you know, you and I both we had talked about this when I was in Leap, but I think it's real important. That is when the that's the first impression of your company that your new hire has. So the culture is kind of established in that period. If you don't have that period and you throw them out and you just, you know, throw them into uh, their job, their culture is immediately, the way that they view the company is it's very unorganized. It's very last minute. It's very thrown together. And that's the kind of work you'll get from them. And I, I think the I think what I had told you um, when we had talked before is I said it's, it's fascinating to me how many people in this industry, therapists, uh, really view this as a job instead of a career. We should really be looking for people who want a career mm-hmm. and not a job. Yeah. We want people who want to grow with our business. Yes. And the more structure and the, yes. the manuals and the more organized you are as a leader, mm-hmm. then you're going to be attracting those kind of people. Because if they see you as casual, then they're going to be very casual. If they see exactly. you as formal, they're going to be formal, mm-hmm. not only with their colleagues, but also with their guests. And right. those are definitely key factors with that impression. And you know the other thing is it makes such a reputation for for their business. When somebody gets hired and you take them through an orientation, you give them this professional manual and the employee handbook and all that, they're thinking to myself, wow, I, I got a job here. This is serious. Exactly. And the reputation around town is going to be, oh, my goodness, you got a job there or you you started mm-hmm. your career there. How did you do that? And that makes a big difference on your reputation and who you get to recruit and come to work And the employee self-esteem. Like, imagine an employee that values the company, they are going to go above and beyond for that company. They're going to retail for you because they want you to be successful because your success equals their success. I can speak from experience. I know that my success and the endeavors that I have for universal companies equals universal companies' success, which is what I want, too. I view this as a, a partnership. I don't view them as you know, um, kind of like a totem pole thing. thing. And I really view it as if my company's healthy, that's what I want because then I can can be a part of that. I can be a part of that growth. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I have a question here that just came in. This is from Tracy. Hi, Tracy. She's asking how often should we train our team? That's a great question. I actually get that question asked often. It depends on how good you are now. (laughs) As I mentioned, with professionals, they train all the time even though they're they're professionals. They're getting paid millions of dollars and they're still training. So you should always train. It's how many times you should train depends on your performance. If your guest experience scores are already great, then, you know, you train. You have your monthly meeting maybe to keep things fresh. But if your guest experience is only 70% or 60% or if your retention rate is only 30% or 40% or if your retail sales stink, then you better be training almost every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it really depends on where you are now. So if you need to improve your performance, then I encourage you to do it very often. If you're already doing okay and you just need to keep fine-tuning, then once a month is plenty. What do you think, Anita? Well, I think, you know, at a, a bare minimum, 
you need to be having, like you said, meetings. And I think those meetings can serve as a really good training tool. But I think when I think of formal training, you should be having a company-wide formal training at at least once a quarter. And in that quarter, I look at it, that's when you talk about your goals mm-hmm. so that everybody feels like they're part of that. Now, this is, of course, for professional development training. For technique training, you need to have that well in advance before you implement any type of new service, which we all know. But, you know, I think a communication, no, no one can have too much training in those areas. So having that available for your customers is great. And and you can have team leads to help you uh, facilitate that, and it's just it's just a good thing to build retention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was just a secret shopper. I went to Texas. I'm not going to name the place, of course, <laughs> but um, I was just in Texas a couple of days ago, and I made the appointment and went in for a facial before I actually started the assessment of the place and actually trained everybody and to improve. And so I reserved the facial, and this young lady comes in and collects me. And, of course, there was no major discovery or anything, so she just gave me the facial that I ordered, so she never tried to upgrade me. And then not only did she miss out on the opportunity of upgrading me and on the opportunities of recommending retail products at the end, she also did the entire facial in I mean, she was, like, steaming my face while she was cleansing, for example. And she was, like, massaging this stupid cleanser into my skin, and I was about to die. I'm like, stop it. (laughs) Don't be massaging the cleanser in my skin with the steamer on it. So all of the protocol and everything, I mean, from the business aspect to the guest experience to the techniques, the protocols, it was just like this person should not have been doing facials. She should have been trained properly, tested, made sure she knows all her protocols before she's loose. So if I was a guest that came in and had that facial, guess what? I wouldn't come back. And those are the things that are happening so often in so many spas. So I really want everybody to take away from this, again, from what Anita and I are saying, is that you've got to train them, you've got to test them, you have to make sure that they know what they need to do step by step by step before you let them loose. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, your your retention is going to stink. You're going to be in bad trouble. Yep. There is a spa in every corner. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Right? It's crazy. Yeah. So how would they go about creating some material? Training well, material. What do you what you know, advice? I think if you're and, and this is really again you're asking me my opinion. So <laughs> I think unless you have a background in really doing that, you should you should source your material. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because if you are not familiar with putting together a curriculum or um a guideline or how it should flow, that's going to come through in the training, and again, it's kind of like a ding to uh, ding to you from the employee's perspective of they don't really know what they're talking about, and they know that. When it's a well-oiled machine, like I always always use that phrase, but when something's already put together, then it looks like, yes, this is how it's supposed to go. They understand it. It makes sense for the end user. So I think if you are, number one, if you are not, if that's not your forte, then don't try to do it yourself. And number two, if it is, 
then the first thing you want to do is start with an outline of everything that you want your business to be. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of just chip away at the ice from there. But just know that a good curriculum takes lots, lots of hours to develop. So unless you have lots and lots of hours to develop, you probably would want to source your content from an expert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or they can attend classes, you know, like what you do or what I right. do. And yeah. that way they don't have to do the training themselves. So I, I have exactly. a statement. I have a statement that I say don't reinvent the wheel. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, you just don't have the time to do it. I mean, you don't have the bandwidth to do that if you're running a business. Uh, not a successful one anyway. Right. So on the last Coach Me Expert um, interview, I had Denise Dubois. She's one of our Coach Me Platinum members. She's a Leap Ahead graduate. She's a the book writing seminar graduate. She just had her book published. And one of the things that she did on that call, and if you didn't listen to that call yet, you guys should really go listen to that uh, interview with Denise. She has over 100 employees, and she owns two locations in New York. And one of the things that she did, and one of the things I really love about Denise, is she takes the information that we teach and she literally just devours it, and then she starts (laughs) implementing and one of the things she told everybody is, uh, and you're familiar with those as well, Anita, because we talked about mm-hmm. it. We have this series called the Coach Me Gold series. And yes. what she did is she took the Spa Management Essential series and she started training her team from that because in those series I'm actually training their team for them. So she mm-hmm. would just go ahead and just set up all the training sessions with her team And on this call, you should really go listen to it. She tells you how she basically implemented all the things. Had she went and tried to create these trainings by herself, oh, my gosh, it would have taken her forever. So there are so many options, whether you go to training with Anita at her center, whether you come to training for our, some of our seminars or whether you do it yourself but using other material, then you're going to be able to get the results you want much faster. Mm-hmm. You agree? Oh, I 100% agree. And you're, gonna, and you're getting a tried and true uh, format. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's worked for other people, like you said, don't reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes a big difference. Yeah. So what do you say what do you say for like most mistakes maybe that you see people make? Um in developing training materials? Developing training material or when they hire people or anything that you okay. would like to share. The number one mistake that I see in hiring is they hire out of desperation. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, we're short staffed, so the next person that walks through the door, they have a job. <laughs> Exactly. And then you wonder, <laughs> then you wonder why that person doesn't sell for you, or why they call in sick, or why they are just a cancer to your organization because they they really make the morale low among your maybe your good employees. That's the number one uh, thing that I see. The uh, second thing is uh, has to do with training, and like you said, the the training selection. And what I mean by that is. If you depend on only brand educators to carry out your training for you, mm-hmm. keep in mind brand educators are training on that brand. They are not training customized to what your clients want. They're training you on what they want you to know about a brand. 
And I teach a lot of brand classes, so I can tell you that, <laughs> and it's just 100% true, you are going to get the, me the best education from someone who is training um, from a therapist's perspective, from an owner's perspective, because they are gearing that toward what's really going to make you successful, not what's going to, not with the hidden agenda in mind of this is kind of a sales pitch, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. And that's necessary. I mean, the brand training is very important because they need to learn the products, the ingredients, mm -hmm. this and that. But don't count on them doing your business training exactly. to ensure revenue generation. I mean, that's just not going to happen. Or they try to teach some things that, you know, are not proven effective. So I'm very big right. on systems, as you know. And mm -hmm. once you find a system that works, you need to implement that system, and then you keep repeating, just maybe doing right. some fine-tuning here and there. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that I see is having lack of systems within the facility. You know, one day, okay, the wind is blowing out of the north today, so let's try it this way. Right. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. And, you know, I just wanted to go, you know, when you said you went to that spa in Texas, the, the whole time I was thinking, you know, a technique training would have helped if you would have had protocols in place mm -hmm. to where no matter what esthetician you've seen, it would be a systematic protocol. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't have had steam on your face while she was cleansing. You know? exactly. exactly. So, I mean, she might know everything about that cleanser and um, every ingredient or, I mean, I don't know. But her technique was poor, so uh, really investing in your in your team to make them better professionals all the way around is going to make your business mm -hmm. super super yeah, successful. Yeah, because again, people are not going to come back if they have right, the, especially if somebody's experienced and they know what the facial steps should exactly. be. Exactly, <laughs> like you, I would hate to be secret shopped by you, Dory. If I would <laughs> be like, oh my gosh, this woman's been to spas all over the world. Uh, so. <laughs> and I can tell you, I mean, some of my experiences, and I and believe me, it's not like I have such high standards anymore. I try to lower them so <laughs> I don't have that anymore. <laughs> and still, it's like, oh my gosh, please, that's, that's not good. And then they gave me these slippers. I swear, they were the most uncomfortable. It was like pin needles <laughs> on the bottom of my feet, and I had to go up oh. the stairs in those things. I'm thinking to myself, why are they giving these? these slippers to their clients, those are painful. <laughs> you want to know why they're giving them to them? I, I'm just taking a guess. Because of the cost. They're trying to save money on slippers, and they're losing money uh, on guests. It's insane. Oh, they were horrible. Yeah. I'm like, get rid of those. That's crazy. Yeah. So, so the, really the lesson here, you guys, is you've got to have protocols in writing. You need to take every single treatment on your menu and go ahead and break it down from the way they say hello to the person, the way they shake hands or bow or mm -hmm. whatever your rituals are, to the way the each step of the process is handled, to how much product they should be using, to how they make the consultation, how they upgrade the treatments, how they recommend the retail product at the end. All that needs to be outlined in writing, and that way you don't have to keep, you know, repeating yourself or wonder, oh, what am mm -hmm. I going to train them on now? And you just pull out the protocol manual, and you just train them on that, and then test right. them before you cut them loose. So that's another big thing that I find missing, though. Do you find the same thing, not having manuals, not having things in writing? 
Do you experience that? Yes. And not having them in writing kind of makes them, I don't want to say not real to (laughs) to the staff. When they're in writing, they're tangible, and they know there's something about having it in your your office that makes Mm -hmm. it, you know, effective. And, And I don't really know. I think it's the thing with our minds. But you really need to have your protocols on hand, printed, ready to pull out at any time. Your um, systems need to be put down. Uh, You have to have all those operational pieces or else it's going to fall apart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just all about having that nice, solid structure. And the beautiful Mm -hmm. thing, too, about having those manuals is it makes your life easier because you don't have to keep reinventing the wheel every time you hire someone. You just grab the manual and you take them through the process and you're done. You know what I've been telling people to do now, Anita? Because whenever you find yourself repeating yourself all the time, I think you should grab the video camera and Mm -hmm. start videotaping (laughs) your training. And and that way you can just put it on YouTube in a private viewing because you can put Mm -hmm. uh, videos on YouTube privately. And Mm -hmm. whenever you hire someone, you can always have them come sit in front of the whatever, TV or computer, and they watch them first, let them digest that material, and then you can move on to doing hands-on what they just watched, and it makes their life so much easier. And before you know it, you have this entire video library of training on YouTube, Mm -hmm. and you just saved yourself a lot of time. I was talking with a client. I was doing a private coaching call the other day, and the person on the phone was like, oh, I have to train another person. I'm like, well, you just did that training last week. Why didn't you hire them at the same time and did one training? Oh, I don't know. I'm like, okay, start videotaping (laughs) your training. And you know what? She, It was like a light bulb went off when I said that. She's like, oh, my gosh, that's going to make my life so much easier. Thank you so much. I'm like, you're welcome. Every time you find yourself, you're repeating yourself, grab that video camera and start taping. And it will make your life so much easier. I'm a firm believer in uh, video training for a couple reasons. If it's on that private YouTube page, Mm -hmm. the employee doesn't get it the first time, they can go on and watch it again and again Mm -hmm. for themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's available to them more than once too, which is more effective. We all don't learn the same way or, or at the same speed. So giving them the ability to to kind of, I don't want to say self-train, but have that ready so that they can uh, go more if they need it is really, really important. Yes, very much so. And and then if they send in the secret shopper and they get the review from that person that here's what they did, ABC, and it's not according to your protocols, then you can make them go back watch it again, right. and then test them again. So it does right. make life a lot easier. So, great. All right. So now, not everybody is a trainer. Like for you and I, Anita, it comes naturally for us because that's what we do. We're, we're trainers. <laughs> so <laughs> how do we turn others into trainers? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think um, I don't – you don't have to be a, a trainer per se. You just have to really, I think you have to be passionate. The number one thing, and even when I hire trainers uh, to go out into the field and train our customers, I want someone who's passionate to be good. You know, they want to be the best. That's, that is the best um, quality in a trainer. 
that they want to be there, they're passionate about what they're teaching. And I feel like for uh, developing, a lot of spas will use a lead therapist to kind of conduct their training. That doesn't necessarily mean the person who has the highest seniority, and that's an often mistake that a lot of spas use. That person with the seniority may not be passionate about working there anymore. <laughs> Let's just be real. Um, you want to hire, you want to hire, or you want to um, nominate for training a therapist who is very successful, and you want um, you want the people who are going through the class to really mirror their performance. Because I look at training as mentoring, so I don't, I like when people come to our classes, and I just taught a class yesterday, and one of the things that I opened it up with was, I want you to ask as many questions as possible because you have me here in front of you, and I want to hold your hand through this process. And I always say that because training isn't me talking to an audience or talking to someone or telling you how to do something. It's us working together and you telling me what your pain is and me giving you uh, solutions to solve that pain. So you need a, you need a person conducting your training, whether it's a therapist or um, a lead esthetician or whoever you have doing that, or spa director. That person needs to be who you want your staff to mirror in attitude and in performance. Mm-hmm. That's very true. So I just had another question come in here from Andy. He's saying, thank you so much, ladies. Uh, should you pay the trainer for training? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. So do you want to do it or do you want me to take that one? Yeah, we may have different opinions. I don't know. That's a okay. really good question. <laughs> it is a good question. All right. All right. So, so um, you can take it. Yeah, if you take a therapist, it depends. First of all, let me say this. It depends on what your current compensation model is mm-hmm. because if you're um, – if you're using the LEAP compensation model, which I, I cannot tell you, it blew my mind away when I took that seminar. I always brag on Dory when I go to trade shows or anything because it really was put together in such an organized way. But if you're using the correct compensation model, mm-hmm. you have to realize when that person is not in services and they're not conducting services for you, they're not able to retail. So they're they're taking a pay cut by conducting your training. So I do feel like there should be compensation if you're using for the training if you're using the correct compensation model. Mm-hmm. If you pay an hourly rate, um, and that's just what it is, and the person that you're using is, is operating within that hourly rate, then that should be a part of their job function. Mm-hmm. So Dory, <laughs> do we agree? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean there are so many ways to really do this. Again, it all depends mm-hmm. on the compensation model that you're offering. And what right. Anita is talking about here is during the Leap Ahead seminar, we discuss a performance-based compensation model. And the way we recommend that paying the leads for training, whoever you designate to be the trainer, is based on performance. So let's say, for example, they're in charge of the massage department and they're going to train the team on massages, uh, recommending, all that stuff. So what we'll do is we'll come up with a target that we want them to reach for that department and then we'll give them a monthly bonus based on them reaching that target because we don't want them to just train to train. We want them to have effective training that produces results. So when they produce the results via the team, then they get a bonus for the training. 
So mm-hmm. that's one way of doing it. And then, of course, like Anita's saying, you know, you might want to do it on an hourly rate. I'm just a big fan of performance-based compensation. So the more they help you generate, the more you can help them make. So really, there's a different way of doing it, and I would need to know a little bit more about your structure, Andy, and give you proper advice. So if you want to, you know, reach out and discuss it, we can, but at least you got an idea here of a couple of different ways to do it. But definitely, people need to be compensated for additional work. Don't try to (laughs) give somebody something and do it for free because then you're not going to get the results you want. So, yes, they need to be compensated. The the answer is what type of compensation should they receive. And, you know, just to add to that, Dory, I, I wanted to say um, to Andy, Andy, the winners in your, in your organization, they prefer performance-based compensation. Just always mm-hmm. know that. Um, Dory and I was have, were having a conversation over dinner one time, and we both kind of clicked. I'm sure she and I both would much rather work on commission any day of the week <laughs> because <laughs> there's there's no um, the sky's the limit. It's really based on you how much money you make. So that does not deter talent. That gets you the most talented people. Mm-hmm. So switching exactly. to a perform- performance base or really sticking to your guns on a performance based system, it's going to weed out the people who are actually costing you money and bring you people who make you money. And, you know, the people that are doing the training, they have to be also strong. They have to be able to do role plays with their team, uh, get them talking, get them involved, get them to practice, and they have to be likable. So that person Mm -hmm. that you choose to do the training has to be an influencer. And if they have that type of personality where they can stand in front of a few of their uh, teammates and get them motivated and get them excited and keep that momentum of education and training and passion and talking about the purpose, why we're all doing this, then mm-hmm. you know what? I, you know, I've always believed that if you're doing what you love, uh, people sometimes think, oh, it's all about money. There are some people that will do it for free because right, they will. they're just so passionate about it. But that's really key. I think what Anita started out this answer with is, you know, when you select your trainer, you've got to select somebody who really loves, loves the business, loves what they do. Absolutely. And, you know, just an example of that, guys. Uh, when Dory was introducing me, she mentioned that I'm doing some work with the Long Beach Unified School District. That's volunteer. That's because I'm truly passionate about it. And you're going to get people who are really passionate about things. And, and you're absolutely right. You should you should reward them because that's the right thing to do. But that's the people you want to use mm-hmm. because they want to be there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So we've been talking about the therapist. Let's talk a little bit about the reception team and how important that training is because Frankly, to me, they're the heart of the operation. And I want to share with them a story. Actually, you were the person that called Anita when Anita came to the Leap Ahead seminar. We do this exercise. By the way, just in case you're wondering, what the heck are they talking about? The Leap Ahead is a three-day event for spa leaders that we, Inspiration Management hosts, and we basically go over the A to Z process and how to operate your business more successfully. So Anita decided, oh, I want to come because Universal Companies wanted to offer the leap ahead on the west coast of Florida, on the west coast of the United States in California. So she came to check it out. And during the class, 
we we call different spas of attendees who are sitting there, and we ask certain questions of the receptionist to see how they answer the phone. So one place we wanted to call the people, uh, Anita actually did the call. Do you want to tell them? Do you remember? Do you remember what yes, that person said to you? Because I remember it so vividly. I remember. <laughs> I remember. And what's funny is I actually stayed in contact with the business owner. From yeah, the oh, conference. that's funny. I know because she was so humiliating. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. so what I did was I came up with a scenario, and um. I wanted to I wanted to call with this scenario. I called a woman who's in the class her business and the scenario was my mother's never been to a spa and she's you know, she's older, I want to go all out for this birthday. Mm-hmm. And I, I whatever you got, your largest package, tell me what you have, I wanna buy it. And I think that's even how I worded it. Yeah. Um but the receptionist said, Well what are you looking for? And I said, I really don't know what I'm looking for, but I'm just looking I, you know, give me, what do you think I should do? I really want to make sure her day's super special. And she said, well, we really only do massage, so you might want to call, you know, like a day spa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're or not somewhere. that kind of a spa. No, she told you, yes. we're not that kind of a spa. We only do <laughs> massages. <laughs> yes. And I was like, oh, wow. So when we, um, when I got off the phone, what I really, really remembered about that, number one, I, it's weird when you do role play because you kind of feel offended, like you really were calling for your mom. So when I got off the phone, I was like, what do you mean you don't want to massage my mom, you know? But um, I got off the phone, and I remember the lady who owned the business, she just had her head down, and she goes, oh, my goodness. But then she raised up, and you know what she said, which really stood out to me? She said, but we really don't. We're really not that kind of a spa. Do you remember that, Dory? She was like, what could we have offered her? And I, I, you know, I said, "Um, I don't know, a series of packages. Or a membership, you know, remember? Give her a yeah, membership every, year, every month for a year. That's what you yes. could have done. I mean, I was going to buy whatever. That was the first place yeah. I called. But, yeah, I will never forget that. But then she also said, you know what? It's my fault. She said, yeah. it's my fault for not training her properly. Yeah. And these are the kind of phone calls. I mean, when we make that exer- when we do that exercise during the Leap Ahead seminar, it's amazing to me how many people, how many receptionists, first of all, don't ask for the person's name. They don't get mm-hmm. your information. They don't attempt to make the reservation. They're more like either order takers or information mm-hmm. providers. They're not revenue generators. And that is so key. And to me, that's the heart of the operation. So if you were mm-hmm. to spend a lot of time and investment within your business on training, it definitely needs to be that mm-hmm. uh, for sure. And then, of course, the rest of the team. But every single department in your place needs to have, uh, again, the script how to answer the questions, the knowledge of your menu, how to promote your spa, how to generate more sales. And if it's not doing that for you, then, again, you're not capitalizing on all the opportunities that you have. That's right. So very key, but that's a lot of fun. So I have a question here from Nicole. This is so funny. She says, oh, I would love for you to call my spa. But she's saying, do you have specific training for receptionists? Um, Yes, actually we do. And actually it's very, very good. We have a CD that has actually two one-hour audios in it 
that focuses on receptionists, and we also have a receptionist manual that you can take and customize and make your own and train your receptionists on. So that would be very, very important. And I really think if anybody you're going to test, you definitely need to test the reception team before you get them to answer the phone. I just want to share with them one other example. This was so yeah. funny. This was the MediSpa, and I don't know if this was in your class or a previous one, Anita. But I called up one of the MediSpas. The doctor was sitting in the front row with his wife, <laughs> and uh, I said, I've never had Botox. I'm interested in finding out about it. What can you tell me? And uh, the girl tells me, oh, you know, Botox uh, helps fill the lines on the forehead, of course, and <laughs> The person that does it is the doctor, and she didn't even mention, like, the doctor's name. And I'm like, oh, okay. And uh, so does it work? So I asked her, does it really work? She says, well, it works most of the time, but sometimes 20% of the time it doesn't work. Oh, wow. <laughs> and everybody in the class about died. Oh, my <laughs> like, goodness. Oh, my goodness. So those are the things that come out that should never, I mean, that's crazy. So it's so important to definitely train the team, get those scripts scripts down, and get them all to practice and know what they need to do. And especially right. software, that's a whole other nightmare is the software. Some of the software programs that some spas use are so complicated to make an appointment, mm -hmm. move things around. So you definitely want to have something that's easy to use and maneuver through quickly. So anyway, that's my two cents on reception. So make sure they know <laughs> what they're doing, you guys. Or some people have call centers now. If they have a big spa, you know, they have a call center, and sometimes that's even a bigger problem because nobody can hear them. They're in, stuck in some place in the back somewhere where... Nobody's monitoring the phone calls. Good right. Luck. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, all right, let's talk about team buy-in. I think that's a biggie. I think a lot of people, from what I hear, is, oh, I don't want to go to training. We're having another training, blah, 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 and they <laughs> don't have that buy-in. So what do you think? What's your advice on getting the team to buy-in? Well, you know, I think that says a lot about the team, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> want to be trained, but okay, that's your you know. Let's just assume that is your situation, right? So, how do we deal with what we have in front of us? And I think you have to really be transparent with them about why you need them in training. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, guys, we have to get our numbers up. I think if you are just very transparent about where your goals are, you won't have this problem. Number two, it really goes back to the culture of what your company is. Training should never feel like a chore. It should be exciting. Mm -hmm. They should want to come to training. And um, I actually lead the internal training at Universal Companies, and it's it's large. You know, we're 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 not a huge company, but we're we have a lot of staff. So mm -hmm. one of the things that I, I that I want to begin implementing next year that I think will really inspire training is I. I make it fun. We do goodie bags. We do, uh, we prepare for it. We do some games. I mean, there's just all kinds of way. But your your training team has to be cheerleaders. Period. Mm -hmm. They have to be excited. E excitement rubs off. Um, passion rubs off. 
If your team is already complaining about they don't want to go to training, then that's a culture problem mm-hmm. for your company. That's a way bigger problem than training, in my that's opinion. That's true. Very true. Yep. Yeah, you're right. That's exactly what it is. And you almost have to, like, re-interview everybody all over again yeah. and have them reapply for their positions. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need teams that don't want to be better. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm actually, I'm really direct. So if I've never had someone say they don't want training, actually, the trainers that I want, they're like thirsty for training. But mm-hmm. um, I have worked for companies where training was a chore, and it was because it was almost like going into a room and sitting through. You remember the guy who did the Visine commercials? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's you know the the eye dry eyes are Visine. That if that's your training, then people are going to hate it. If people are burnt exactly. out, they're not going to be excited about it. So I think just make training fun, be very transparent about your goals, and keep them engaged, and people will want to do training. They, you should want to get better, and that's what I would say. What do you mean? You don't want to be better? Exactly. <laughs> that's good. What do you mean? You don't want to be better? I like that. Right. And that's <laughs> like, so true. That's what it's yeah. all about. Don't you want to get better? Of course you want to get better. Right. Yeah. And the other thing I like to mention is that you really have to show them, you know, what's in it for them. Why should mm-hmm. they want to attend? And if you clarify that goal, why should they attend? Uh, how are they going to get better? What does better mean to them? Uh, how is that going to benefit their career? How is it going to benefit their pocketbook? How is it going to benefit the guests that they treat? So if you start from that point as to what's in it for them, there, and keep that goal in front of them at all times, then they're going to be more open to learning and becoming better professionals and update their skills and sharpen their toolkit and all the things that we want them to right. do. So that's good. You know, and again, it all starts with the hiring process. It's so important to clarify that training is part of your culture and don't even hire the person if that's not the culture that they want. Exactly. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, we are almost at the hour. Oh, my goodness. What kind of budget (laughs) do you think they should have for training? Do Do you recommend a certain amount people should spend? Um, it depends on the size of your staff because cost is not one size fits all. The more staff you have, the more you have to break out your training, so it's going to cost more. Um, so there's really not a – unfortunately, there's not a cement answer I can give to that. And, again, the more training you need, the more you're going to invest. Exactly. So, Like, we like have I could easily that- say $5,000, but $5,000 yeah. won't do anything if you need training on a lot of different, you know, areas. Right. So Exactly. Exactly. I think going to LEAP, and I mean, I honestly think this, anybody who's ever talked to me um, since I went through it, you know, early, I went in January, right? Yeah, it was January. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do say that. I think that for the price of that program, mm-hmm. it's completely, completely worth it. And even me, I don't, you know, I don't own a spa, but I left and I was kind of recharged. And I thought, oh, wow, you know, I got a lot of, I got a lot of good insights. So I think that is a really minimal um expense for what you get in that program Mm -hmm. so i think that's a good start Um, attend a seminar yourself as a director as an owner as a manager and then you'll have your ideas will start moving and you'll have access to kind of know where the bar starts 
Uh, I have another question here from Alan asking about the Coach Me Spa Management Essentials that I men- mentioned earlier. I'll get to that in just one second, but first let me go back to the leap ahead. So Anita and the entire Universal Companies, are cons- we're considering doing the Leap Ahead Seminar in California, and we would like to get some input from you guys, uh, those of you who would be interested in a West Coast seminar for leadership skills and attending the Leap Ahead, then you, if you could contact us, that would be great. And I'm going to give you a website that you can go to to learn more about what the Leap Ahead is all about. You can go to spadirectorseminar.com, spadirectorseminar.com, and there you'll be able to learn all about the event itself. Now, we are going to do a special pricing for Universal Companies um, community, so stay tuned to that, and we'll be able to announce the date and a price, special price for you guys to come and join us. So I'm very excited to do this event on the West Coast and join Anita in her training center and benefit all the people on the West Coast because the Leap Ahead usually is held in Orlando where I live in Orlando, so make everybody come to me (laughs) and uh, join us. So we're trying to do it on the West Coast so we can help folks that may not be able to come all the way to the East Coast. So go check it out. So again, it's spadirectorseminar.com. Now to go back to the Coach Me question, the Coach Me program is amazing. It's, It's a monthly program, and when we're talking about an investment, this is such a small investment to invest in your team. It's uh, Normally it's 149 a month. You get one module every month, an audio plus the transcripts plus homework. And you can go with your team throughout the whole process. So the one for we have uh, three volumes in the spa management essentials. The first one is me training your department leads. That's volume one. And volume two and volume three is me training your team members. And then your department leads can take volume two and volume three and use it to train their team. So to invest $149 a month to have ready-to-go, ready-to-implement training, oh, my gosh. It's like if I was in your position and somebody handed me that, I'm like, where do I sign? (laughs) That is so economical. And especially if you have a good-sized team, that's like, you know, almost pennies ahead. So definitely it's a good thing. So to learn more about that, if you want to learn more about it, you can go to coachmegold.com and you'll see all the different volumes we have available. So that would it's be great content. I've um, I, I've actually get on there sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and look, I love it. I absolutely love it. And uh, George, do you mind if I tell them about um, e-learning that we offer? Yeah, that's how I was going to tell you what would be some of the oh, things awesome. that you have that you can offer them. So. You know, we do have live classes on various techniques, and, of course, you know, we're going to be doing the Leap Ahead um, seminar uh, next year. But also, online, we have a lot of technique training, uh, hyperpigmentation, and it's aromatherapy, a lot of different topics that are free. So if you go to universalcompanies.com and click the tab on our homepage that says Learn and Grow, we have brand certifications. We have so much um, information on there. 
And it's really good to um, have your team complete the brand certifications. It's training that's done for you. That's at no charge to you uh, just for signing up uh, on our website and being a part of our community. Um, I'm also available anytime you have a question about any one of the product any one of the product lines or just the technique. Um, if it's something I don't know, I'll definitely find someone who does to answer the question for you. Mm -hmm. But it's just a great resource. Um, that's why we offer it. it. It's something that we've done for a really long time, but now it's we're putting a lot more focus into it, and it's a great, great program. So learn and grow, and then click Brand Certifications, Protocols, or any of the information there. It's, it's all readily available and no charge. Mm -hmm. And that's great. I mean, there's so much information out there. There's no reason for being average, really. No. There is no reason no. for being average now. So it's a choice that people have to make, and that's really where training kicks in, I think, Anita. It's mm -hmm. a choice that people make. Do you want to be the best of the best? Then you better spend some time investing in training, whether it's time or Absolutely. money or both. And if you're just happy being average, then, hey, go ahead. <laughs> that's it. You'll just get left behind. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Exactly. And those of you who are on the West Coast, I would love um, to have you come to the center and take a class just to experience it. So mm -hmm. uh, you just get so much out of it, and your team gets yeah. so much out of it when you invest in your team. I can't say that enough. It's just such a good way to show appreciation, and you really should view training that way. If you want how to keep somebody, someone, how, how would they in How would they sign up for those classes that you have on the West Coast, Anita, so where they come in oh, yeah. person actually and see you? Absolutely. You would go to universalcompanies.com backslash REG, short for registration. So universalcompanies.com slash REG. We have the schedule for the remainder of 2016. Um, shortly, we will be having the 2017 uh, first part of the year published on there as well. So just kind of um, go in there to look at our schedule. But also, if you haven't already, like us on Facebook. We have a, a lot of things going on in our, our Facebook community. We're going to be doing some really fun um, things with that coming up. So um, we are Wellness and Beauty Learning Center, Los Angeles. And I hope that you all just connect with us. We love, 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 love uh, hearing your stories, uh, even hearing your pains. Hopefully we can find a solution for you. If not, we will definitely find someone who can. <laughs> so. Don't tell me that again. Was it wellness? Yeah, Wellness and Beauty Learning Center. Wellness and Beauty by Universal Lear Companies. Learning Center. That's your Facebook. That's your yes. separate uh -huh. Facebook page than Universal Companies. Right. Okay, great. And we're also on Twitter and Instagram. The same thing. Uh -huh. Wellness and Beauty yeah. Learning Center. And while you're liking that, you might as well like Inspiration Management too, and join the YouTube channel so that way you can stay informed with all the video training that we do. So you have a lot. Uh, we shared a lot of great content with you today to really help you. I hope that you take a look at your business, see what are some of your training needs, and either reach out to Anita or myself or both and let us come up with a great structure for you to improve it so you can improve your performance and have a great, great year next year, you guys. Really very passionate about training and education, and we'd love to help you. So let's do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dory, and oh, hello to everybody welcome. out there. Thank you for inviting me on the call. My pleasure. So I just want to remind everybody, our next interview is going to be with Alex Threesh. He's an attorney. 
and specializes in Medi Spa laws. He's also the president of the AM Spa um, Association, and that's going to be a great call because I get questions all the time about all the legal issues. Uh, do I need a medical director? Can my nurse do injectables? Can my esthetician do microblading and this and that? So it's like such a zoo out there, and he's going to give us some clarity <laughs> as to what you can do and cannot do. So I am super, super excited to have him as a guest next month, so make sure you join us for that. So, again, thanks, Anita. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you, you everybody, for joining us. And until next time, stay inspired. Bye now. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.